The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast with your host, Scott McClelland. Far and wide, and sometimes here at home, these bold and courageous souls that answer the call to missions have a steely metal that insists pioneering be part of their daily routine. Let's gather today and learn from those on the forefront. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you know someone who's interested in missions, maybe that's you. If it is you or someone you know, we want to encourage you to get activated, get going. The things the Lord's been dropping into your heart, we want to help you take stock of those things and say yes. That's our hope here at From the Forefront. And we're excited today to be joined by a guy who did just that and who is doing just that. A friend I've recently met, actually, Kyle Rice. Kyle, howdy. Well, hello, Scott. <laughs> Do you guys say howdy in Alaska? Not usually. <laughs> I think that's a Texas thing. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, don't start talking about the size of Alaska relative to Texas, please. I, I got enough for that when I was up there. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, sort of. <laughs> no, thanks for being with us this morning, Kyle. Of course, you and I met recently when I was in Alaska visiting the Loving family, who we are starting to work with at FX Missions a little bit. So we, we had the good fortune to meet you and some of the other guys there. You're a friend of Zach Loving, who has also been on the podcast. I think Zach and Sarah, we're going to get them on soon as well. But that's how we met. And you're, uh, I think you're in Wasilla. Am I right? I live just outside Wasilla in Alaska. Okay, cool. Well, Let's dig into a little bit about who you are, and we're going to get into our mission story. Were you raised in Wasilla? Actually, I was mostly raised in Anchorage, Alaska, and then I've lived in Oregon and Washington. Okay, so Pacific Northwest and Alaska, that's, that's kind of where you're from. That's your uh, stomping grounds there. Yes, sir. I did live in... New Mexico, just for a couple months one time. Okay, wow. My too hot. was in the military. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way too hot relative to Alaska. Have to go home. Yeah, yeah the grass was brown. I wasn't used to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Alaska is kind of a mystery to most of us in the lower 48. I got to say that. Of course, some of the mystery is revealed to me now because I've been there. But uh, I thought it was awesome to be there. I guess midsummer, when the days were 20 hours in length, you know, daylight all day and half the night. 
but what's it, what was it like growing up in Alaska? I mean, there are a lot of more people in Alaska during the summer than I think there are during the winter. Do I have that right? Oh, yeah. Usually the population just about doubles or triples in the summertime. Everybody wow. that spends time up here will tell you there's no better place than summertime in Alaska. So, yeah, growing up, I, I loved it. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love the outdoors. To me, there's no better place in the world than Alaska. Mm, man. And I, I got to say, summer in Alaska is hands down better than summer in Texas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had temps. Recently, we had a week of like 105, 106, 107 like that. Yeah, that was that was measurable. <laughs> I was thinking about you guys. I got to say it. I was thinking about oh, those guys up there, you know. <laughs> but I would guess a winter in Alaska is a different thing. Now, you're one of those people who stay year round. Clearly, give us just a sec about what a winter in Alaska is like. It's cold. <laughs> you know, I've actually learned to really embrace the winters. It can be very cold here. We get about. I would say a couple weeks to about a month of below zero temperatures in our area. And most of the time it's above that, usually in the teens or 20s Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. But my family and I, we love to do winter sports. So we, we do a lot of cross-country skiing and ice skating. And last year we got into biathlon, which is where you run around with a little rifle and shoot stuff. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That sounds cool. Biathlon. Like triathlon, but two instead of three. Yes. Yeah, so it's combined with either running or skiing and then shooting. So you shoot these little Man. round targets and you may have seen it in the Olympics. Have not seen it. I got I got to check that out, though, because, I mean, you know, that sounds like a Texas sport. Running and shooting. I mean, it would really, we would dig that here, I'm sure, except for, unless it was in the summer, of course. Yeah. But, you know, that's surprising to me. I want to get back to your family. You mentioned your family, but it's surprising to me to find out that you guys, they're in the Anchorage area of Alaska. Alaska's a big state, guys. More than two of Texas can fit inside. So it, it's really, really, really massive, and you can't get your mind wrapped around it, not to mention the beauty but just the size. The beauty is equally stupefying, I've got to say it. And if you haven't been to Alaska, make your plans. So, but the, the temperatures there in the winter, I'm sure it can get much more cold potentially than what you're saying. But that Anchorage seems to be like a little pocket of, you know, temperance in the middle of something much more extreme. Teens and 20s and down to zero and stuff like that. That doesn't seem to be too bad. Am I misunderstanding? No, it's really not. It, like you just mentioned, Alaska is so huge that the weather can vary greatly just an hour away or just a few miles away. And so even sometimes, so acreage is about 50 miles south of where we're at. And sometimes the weather can be completely different. Wow. So generally, though, that area is temperate. I don't know. I'm sure it's some bay or something there on the 
I don't know, the Bay of Anchorage. I, you know, obviously you're very close to the water there. That's going to have some yes. kind of a, a normalizing effect on temperatures. But I've got a friend who lives up in, is it, I can, you know, they, they renamed it to the native name and I can't remember. But it's way up on top. Starts with a B. Barrow. Yeah, sorry. Yes, they, almost, they renamed it. And I cannot pronounce the name, so I'm not going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But Barrow, it, it's commonly known as Barrow, and it, it's on the forehead of Alaska, right? Way, way up there inside the Arctic Circle. Their temperatures are going to be a little bit different than yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's no man's land up there. <laughs> yeah, and he somehow he does it year-round. I guess it's always winter there pretty much, though. I think I looked when we were at your place, the temperatures were between the 50s and 70s, and, and up there it was in the 30s, and it was mid-August. So, you know, it's it's winter all the time up there. Otherwise, Santa's elves couldn't do their work, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's double back to your family really quick. Tell me, I, I met some of your family when I was there, I, and of course we talked a little bit. I, I believe we talked a little bit. I, maybe I didn't meet your family. Maybe I saw you guys at the church meeting or something, but I think you did. Yeah, yeah, you did briefly. We were at the park. Ah, playing football, and it was yeah, yes, that's correct. So clearly, you're married. You got some kids. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, well, I have four children between the ages of six and fifteen. My oldest is Eliana. And next we have Aubrey, who's uh, 13, Jude is 11, and Silas is 6. And my wife's name is Samantha. Okay. They are awesome. Dude. They go go everywhere with me. And um, I was always raised up here. Uh, I had very active parents, so they brought me everywhere uh, growing up in Alaska. So I'd be like in a little backpack on a bike or in a boat. And so we've raised our children like that, too. So they go everywhere with us. They fish, hunt, and do sports. Very nice, man. That's huge. And to have that kind of family dynamic is precious. You know, I noticed some things about Alaska that are different than what I, you know, familiar with. Clearly, the, the outdoors piece of the context, like you're talking about, is huge. And I guess there's a limited number of months where the outdoor sports piece is really easy and not very difficult to do. And it seemed like everybody was out there in the outdoors uh, when we were there. It's a big deal. And then, of course, Alaska's like Colorado on steroids, right? I mean, it's just (laughs) absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, and got this air about it that is so unique. So I loved it there. And I'm going to be coming back to see you guys. Can you tell I'm talking myself into it with each (laughs) statement? (laughs) You guys are welcome anytime. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I I think we're going to get back. uh, Yeah. And we're working on the date ranges right now. It was chance I was going to get back for the missions conference, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, This would be a good time to shift gears a little bit. You guys are part of a local church there that has a missions conference that kind of is in the space that we work in, in that kind of world. Tell us a little bit about your local church, and and then we can start moving in to talk about that missions conference a little bit. 
Okay, yeah. Right, right now we go to uh, the Church on the Rock in the Palmer location. They have a few wow. different mm-hmm. locations. I believe the main ones are Wasilla, Palmer, and Willow. We attend the Palmer one because most of our friends go over there. Of course, you know mm-hmm. the Loving family. Yes. And uh, there's a, a bunch of people that we know from that location. Let's see. I'm trying to think how long we've been going there. We were attending a different church a, a couple years ago, so we've been going there again for a couple years. And we just love the people there. We have a lot of friends. We just love the fact that they pour into missions, and that's a heavy focus of the church, and that's where our hearts are. So that's why mm. we connect well and continue to go there. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed obvious to me that the missions focus was really present. Learned a little bit about your missions conference. Of course, you know, there, there's, I don't know if you'd say famous, but there definitely is some visibility to some of the missionaries you guys support. And I'm sure there's some that varies widely. But some of the, did, did you meet, did you meet the guys at Free Burma Rangers during a missions conference or how did you, how did you meet those guys? My wife met the Eubank family many, many years ago, probably okay. more than 15 years ago. She mm. was a nanny for a missionary couple in China and mm. Tibet area. And when they had basically their vacation time would be usually in Thailand, or if they had some medical things that they wanted to take care of, they would all go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. So she was actually stuck in Thailand for a couple months and ended up staying with the Eubank family. And that's okay. where she met Dave and Karen. And at their time, uh, the kids were really small. So when, before we got married, she used to tell me about them and try to explain what they do. And I mm-hmm. never really quite understood, but I was always interested. And yeah. so... I knew about them for several years, and then she introduced me in person to Dave when they were up here, I think it was 2015 or 2016. She's like, you got to meet this guy. So we went and listened to him talk, and right away, I just felt a connection with them. I love his mindset, and what they do is just absolutely incredible. So... I went up, introduced myself, and they remembered my wife, Samantha, and I got to talking to Dave, and we just kind of hit it off. We were talking about hunting and just some of the stuff that they do, and just a real personable guy, and he invited me over, and so that kind of got the wheels turning for me. Wow. Yeah. For you who may not be familiar with Free Burma Rangers, I don't know that they're you know, seeking a lot of publicity, but uh, they definitely are not invisible in today's missions context. I've got a, I think it's been about, you know, going on 10 years since I became aware there was a Free Burma Rangers and the Eubank family, the whole family is a part of that. I think fairly recently, they may have become more visible in the Western world. They released a movie that was shown as sort of an event broadcast or an event feature at a lot of the movie theaters here in in the States back when they were open before COVID. So we went to see the Free Burma Rangers movie 
actually on my birthday, February 25th, as kind of a birthday present from my wife, which I was super happy about that. Yeah, so if you haven't, you're not familiar, you know, Free Burma Rangers, you can Google that or go to their site. And then also I would highly recommend checking out their movie. It's more or less a documentary. It's it goes with, it's not a dramatization or anything. It's kind of the in the steps of video team went with. So they're quite interesting folks. I got to say that, you know, <laughs> you can get in there and find that yourself. I think you'd find, you would agree with that. Wouldn't you say so, Kyle? Oh, absolutely. And I'll just point out to your listeners, they can go to either freeburmarangers.org or fbrmovie.com. And you can click on there. You can see how you can watch the full-length film. And then their website has a lot of different resources, videos, updates of all the field situations, and they keep that pretty well updated. Yeah, they do great with media. Tons of video, a lot of reporting. And they, they've been really a, a real reporting arm for the situation on the ground in Burma for a lot of years. A lot of their content's been featured in sort of the international news outlets around the world. Sort of an eyewitness perspective of what's going on. And some of the happenings, things that have happened historically in, in Burma, you know, these days that's known as Myanmar, but that's the place where they're working. And on the movie, you can get a lot of their background as well on the movie. They, they did a good bit of relief work in the Middle East. So Iraq, I guess it was. And then some additional work that wasn't featured in the movie that came later where, where they did some relief work to Syria. And I think that's where our story gets started here a little bit. Kyle, <laughs> how did you find out there was going to be a trip to Syria? Well, I didn't find that out until fall of 2019, probably, I believe, the first part of October. Okay. Try to wrap that up in a nutshell. That's a bigger story. So basically, after I met Dave, he... He invited me a couple times to come to Thailand to their annual meetings uh -huh. that they have there. They usually hold an annual meeting in the springtime, and that's where their yeah. main base is in the Chiang Mai area of Thailand. Yeah. And of course, the bulk of their operations and, and missions are in Burma. Most people call it Myanmar and the rest of the world, like you said. So I. he invited me a couple times, and I mulled it over. I kept saying, yeah, I'll come. And then I saw him the following year and he said, hey, you said you were going to come. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, you remember that? He's like, yeah, I remember that. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe perhaps this year I'll make this happen. So I think God was working on my heart for a while. So I just wasn't in the place to really go yet. But we had some things happen in our lives that really changed my heart. If I could break just for a second, I want to tell a story about when I first met Dave, actually. Sure. So when I first met uh, Dave Eubank, we were talking, and I'm a corrections officer. That's my, my main job here locally. And so I've worked in the prisons now for 10 years. Anyway, right. when I met Dave, we, we just got to talking, and I had just watched one of his videos and 
heard him speak, you know, and I'm like, wow, these guys are real missionaries. They're, they're uh, running in between bullets to save people and they're doing the real thing, you know? Um, anyway, he, he met me and he said, did you say you're a corrections officer? I said, yes, sir. And uh, he said, wow, can I pray for you? <laughs> and I was like, you want to pray for me? You know, you're the, you're running in and out of bullets. I said, sure. So he prayed for me. And that prayer was that God would uh, soften my heart and, mm. and change basically, you know, not, not give me a hardened heart, but change my heart and, and, soften it. And I didn't even realize at that time that I had a hard heart from my mm. career in corrections. So yeah. over the course of the next few months, God answered that prayer. And we had a lot of family situations, deaths in the family, and just you name it, a lot of uh, different situations. But over the course of that time, God really changed my heart. And I came to a place where I really want to live for something greater than, than myself Yeah, and follow his call. Um, missions has always been a part of my heart, but a couple of years ago, I, you know, I really decided that, okay, God, I'm available, whatever you want me to do. Mm. And so I made the trip over to Thailand to check out uh, the Free Burma Rangers I wanted to go over there myself first, just to, you know, I'll have to admit, part of me was like, can they really be this great <laughs> from, from all the, the movies and videos I've watched? I'm like, wow, these people are amazing. Is this real? So, you know, I went over there, I met the whole team, the whole kind of extended team from all over different places in the world. And... I was just, I just fell in love with them. They're just a big family. And the way Free Burma Rangers works is most people are Christian, but they accept all walks of life to come help out, which mm -hmm. is amazing. A lot of people end up following Jesus after working with them. But I was, yeah, like I said, I fell in love with them, fell in love with the people. And when I went to Thailand, Dave asked me, if I was interested in coming to Syria, we were kind of in a group of people introducing ourselves. And he's like, you need to come to Syria. <laughs> he was talking and to I, you. Did he, did he single you out? Uh, yes. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> I was sharing that story about how he prayed for me and just okay. my background in corrections and how God's working in that, in that career with, with prisoners and, just having, you know, developing a hardened heart over the years and then yeah. God changing, you know, showing me how to love people where they're at. And wow. and he, he looked at me and he said, you know, you need to come to Syria with us. That's kind of what we what we do over there. <laughs> your, mm. your job is kind of in line with some of the things we do. And I didn't really fully know what he meant at the time, but I was just like, yeah, that sounds great. But in, in my head, I was thinking, no, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. And I, I remember, you know, I just said, Lord, I'm going to pray about that. I prayed about it at that time and did not feel like God was leading me there. 
So <laughs> that doesn't sound for me all that unusual. I mean, if you've seen any of the pictures of Syria in the last couple of years, you know, I mean, it's not a super inviting place in terms of safety or comfort. Or <laughs> you know, I mean, I, clearly I'm putting it lightly, but wow. <laughs> so you didn't feel immediately led to go to Syria? No, I, I did pray about it at the time and I they had a mission trip coming up and I just didn't, I did not feel like God was... Uh, me there at the time. So I, you know, put that thought on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And while I was there in Thailand, we did a, a short mission trip kind of on the, the Burma Thai border. And I loved it. I loved what FBR does. I love how they deliver food, aid, encouragement. They have what's called the, the GLC program which stands for good life club Uh and they do that with churches and families and uh, villages so they put on some kids programs and every time i've been out in the mission field i absolutely love it i feel like that's where god has called me Mm. for me i just love the practical side of you know being able to hand somebody a, a bottle of water or give them some some food or clothing. I just love that. And they, yeah. they do so much more than just that. They do. Yeah. So anyway, we did that trip. I was really impacted by some of the refugee camps I saw. You know, Burma is a country that has just hundreds of thousands of people within different refugee camps in different areas. And you can definitely research more on their, their website there. Yeah. And then... So I came back home and met uh, the loving family in Alaska <laughs> and some oh, other really? FBR people. And then last fall, the situation with the, I don't know if you recall, but the situation drastically changed with the Kurdish people in Syria. Mm. And then our president, President Trump, decided to pull some troops back from the Turkey-Syria border. Yeah. And doing so allowed some of the ISIS and Turkish fighters to come in and kind of take advantage of that situation. Kind of left a vacuum. It did, absolutely. And that whole situation over there is so sad. The the Kurdish people are amazing people and won my heart over immediately from day one. Yeah. But... I saw this going on on the news and I saw Dave's videos and updates. And so it it was tugging at my heart and I prayed about it and they were in need of help. And I said, Hey Dave, you you need my help over there. You still want me to (laughs) come? He sent me back a message and he said, yes, you know, if God's leading you to. So I prayed about it for a while prayed about it with my family and we all felt that I was supposed to go. Wow. So yeah, I uh, ended up getting the time off work and it was incredible actually how things lined up for me to get over there. It was shockingly smooth. <laughs> wow. So I feel, I feel it was completely God all the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Let, let's take a pause right here for just a second because I want to recap some of the things that you're saying just so we can kind of summarize them in our thought. You've been in some kind of familiarity with the Eubank family and Free Barmer Rangers through your wife, you know, for, you know, some time before she had met them. And then you got introduced, you guys had some interaction. You had seen those guys talk a little bit, you know, from time to time. And you got a feeling like you wanted to get over to Thailand and check it out, but you kind of maybe hadn't acted on that. The Lord did some stuff in your heart. Uh, some of that tenderizing program that he puts us through, he does for <laughs> us. <laughs> so as a result of that, you became more sensitive to the the situation there. I'm not sure that my sequence is, is right, but you ended up going to Thailand. Yes. When you're there in Thailand, you're, you're meeting with some folks there and you tell your story about the tenderization. And that's when you got uh, sort of singled out. Hey, you're a corrections officer. You need to be in Syria <laughs> with us. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, and I don't. Um, well, later on, I think I got an idea of, you know, it's not just the fact that I was a corrections officer, but the fact that it was evident that God had changed my heart and gave me, you know, I went from hating people to sincerely loving people and wanting to do all that I can to help people. Dude. And that was a huge change for me. Even my family can tell you, you know, I've been a Christian since 2002. Mm-hmm. And I grew, well, I should back up. I grew up Catholic, but didn't quite understand everything until about 2002 when I fully gave my, my life to Christ and said I want to live for him. But I definitely got off track through the years. So, and and being in that career field in corrections, I saw some of the evil in society and just the the horrible things that people do to each other. And and being in that environment can really change you. It's hard to not become hardened. Yeah. So, I think Dave Eubank is a man that definitely understands that because he's been in many situations over the decades where he's seen some of the worst things that people can do to each other. But at the same time, he's such a loving, soft-hearted person. And it's seen the work that Jesus can do in the hearts of people. And that happened in my life. You know, his prayer came true for me and changed me. And so I wanted to do that for others, or at least encourage others. And so through the uh, the course of, you know, about 2016 to 2018, you know, like you said, God was really taking me through some times and, and changing mm. me. Yeah. And I just came to a place where I said, Lord, I don't, all I want is to be used by you. And I just don't care anymore. I don't want to live for myself. I don't. I don't want to chase the things that only I want. And I was definitely impacted on the trip to Thailand and meeting the... So the biggest ethnic group that FBR helps is the Karen people in Burma. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see some of their story and meet some of them. And I got to say, those guys are real-life heroes. You know, some of these people grow up in war zones, and they're some of the happiest people I've ever met. 
So I was, I was able to learn a lot from them. They're always smiling. They never complain. Just great people. Wow. Yeah. If you see some of the content, you'll know that that's got to be God's grace in itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Totally. Well, I want to just, I want to recap a little bit and we're going to have to record another session. I know you've got at least two stories you want to tell us. <laughs> and here we are out of runway in terms of time. But I do want to get back on your schedule and record again. I feel like you've got two specific stories that are important to share, and it may be more, it may be one, or maybe five. But we're going to get to that. Really, this is just the teaser. It seems like you know because we're we're, uh, we're leading up, and you can feel it leading up. But I just want to I want to call something out as we're going to conclude for this episode. You know, I think the Lord may be entrusting something to you like he has also entrusted to Mr. Dave Eubank, who I don't know and haven't met, though I have a, a lot of admiration from him for him from a distance. You know, he's got a, he's seen a lot, like you say, uh, was a special operations uh, soldier for a decade. You know, it's a lot there we could talk about, but he's seen a lot. Let's just put it that way. Through that, God softened his heart, and he's allowed the Lord to keep him tender in the face of a lot of this brutality, war, abuse, and, you know, all the things that humans do to each other. That, I think, is a gift to him. It sounds like he's got a, an anointing from God to help in that specific area. And I think the Lord may be doing that also for you, Kyle. I think you, you may be in the process of being transformed. Clearly, you're all, some of that's already done and it's working inside of you. But to be in a hardened environment and to also be soft, that makes you a secret weapon, really, you know, for the Lord. Does that all make sense? I know I went through that kind of quick, but it seems that's true of him. And I'm feeling like that also may be something to do with your calling. You're right there. I think it's only, you know, it's definitely only by God's grace. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't pass every test with 100 either, Kyle. So let's don't impose that standard on ourselves. <laughs> right? Um, we're, we're, in the, yeah. we're in the process with God, for sure. How uh, long do I have uh, right now? You've got one minute, 30 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, time goes by fast here. Yeah, it's just um, I am absolutely in awe of just the change that God's done in our lives and my family's lives and... All this will lead up to the <laughs> the Syria discussion. There's so yeah. much to tell. So totally. But what I would really love for listeners to get is just the the wonder of of God. You know, Jesus mm. can do a work in anybody's heart. If He can work in my heart, He can work in anybody's heart. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you explain God's love? It's it's incredible. And so obviously that love has changed me, changed my mindset. And if nothing else, I want to show people God's love. And that's whether I'm here in Alaska or Syria or Burma, anywhere yeah. in the world. Amen to that, bro. Well, I need to get back on your schedule soon so that I can get uh, at least one, or maybe we'll get two sessions at that point because we, I feel like we're on the cusp of something important. We certainly want to get it. And it'll also give us some time to pray into exactly what the Lord wants you to share more as we have been doing. There's way too much there in terms of stories 
you know, you got a lot of quantity on the stories and <laughs> there's no way to cover them all. But there are some things I think the Lord wants to emphasize and highlight. Those are the things we want to make sure we're getting out. Thank you so much for being here, Kyle. And I'm looking forward to the ongoing saga here because I, this is not a story I've heard. So I'm, I'm like super anticipating, but I don't want to get it first. I want to get it when everyone else does. So, man, uh, thank you for being with us. And let's sync up for a future schedule so we can get a couple of sessions more about Syria, Free Burma Rangers, Kyle Rice. And the fact that you came back alive is a foregone conclusion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, uh, it might not have been a given, you know. It's a miracle. And hopefully we can get more into that in the, in the other <laughs> session. <laughs> we totally can. We totally can. Well, many blessings to you, bro. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been joined by Kyle Rice. And we're getting going to get to his story on Syria. Don't Don't doubt it. But what we've just talked about also is very important. I think that process the Lord takes us through to get us where we're headed. You said something about not living for yourself. And uh, boy, that's the crux of uh, Christ-likeness, who showed us no one has shown us a better example than the Lord himself. And he lived uh, not for himself, but for the Father and for others. And at the end of this series, we'll get some contact information from Kyle in case you want to follow up with him. Thank you very much, Kyle, for being here, and uh, it's been a blessing. I am Scott McClellan for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time, have a good one. You've been listening to From the Forefront, hosted by FX Missions, Scott McClelland. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like more information on today's guest, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fxmissions. Please rate our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. If you know someone who should be a guest on our podcast, we're currently reviewing candidates for upcoming episodes. Please submit their name, affiliation, and an essay of why their story needs to be told to info at fxmissions.com. And of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at fxmissions.com. From Scott McClelland and the whole team here at FX Missions, thanks for listening. Till next time, have a great day.